And I'm Kat, and you're listening to Club Dead, the Australian, only Australian True Blood Rewatch podcast. We're really trying to take ownership of things, aren't we? <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. We I might want to not, own this. We're like, we're not, we might not be the only, like, True Blood Rewatch podcast, but we're the only Australian, Australian one, one, damn it. Yep. Put me down under spin on things. Represent Ryan Watton. I know, right? I have a, I have a big uh, flag for him. Remember, yeah, like, I can understand it. As Vinny, not as anybody else. <laughs> oh god, there's a reference. Um, <laughs> oh god. Oh god. god. <laughs> no, as somebody as somebody who used to watch Neighbors, I can completely understand. Um, it was Home and Away. No, I know, but I used. To oh, watch I was like, remember how you were either? It was either it was either Home and Away or it was Neighbors. I could never get into Home and Away. I always got into Neighbors. See, I still watch Neighbors. So my my big thing <laughs> is Blair from Big Brother. Exactly. <laughs> he was just like the hot guy with like the soul patch. He was not hot. He was he was the hot guy from Big Brother though. I'm looking him up. I'm pretty sure his name was Blair. Blair, Big Brother, Neighbors. We're now an official. Uh, oh, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, yeah Blair McDonough. McDonough. Right now. He played Stu Parker in Neighbours. That's right. He doesn't look great now, but... Um, oh. <laughs> just oh. I thought he was that guy that came out and, like, put the tape over his mouth and was like, free, uh, the, free refugees. the refugees. He was ahead of his time. He was, yeah. I mean, now people would be eating that shit up. They'd be like, yeah, right. yes. I do, feel sorry if, I do feel sorry for Girl Colleen in that situation, though, because she um, was like, um, I'm prepared for this. Do you want to do a, um, where is he now? With where Blair. Is where is he now? I just saw that photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you Google, if you Google Blair Big Brother like now, he looks like a dad. He yeah. He's, he's look. A, he was born in nineteen eighty one, so he's like what fifty, forty. <laughs> I'm too pretty for maths. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're too pretty for maths. We're too That's pretty for maths. That's why we do true blood. We're too That's pretty for maths. Why we do language and literature. Um, okay, so this week's episode is season one, episode nine, Plastia de Amor. So I, I googled this because I was like, this is French, what does it mean? I don't know what this means. Plastia, uh, Plastia, Plastia, Plastia? Amour, literally Pleasure of Love, is a French, classical French love song written in, ni- in 1784. Now, uh, my French is um, flawless, so just listen Let's to this. Let's go. By Jean-Paul... <laughs> Igid Martini. <laughs> that was so. It's E with an accent over the top. G I D E. Igid. Igid. I don't know. I can't. I can. Never I can't remember what the accents mean. I didn't yeah, do my, French. <laughs> I I know how to count to like six in French and say thank you, and that was about it. Everybody else spoke English, so they appreciated that I tried. But they were <laughs> the French I... do not want people who cannot speak French speaking French. They'd rather they, you just speak English. <laughs> they really appreciated it when I stopped butchering their language. <laughs> Um, so John Paul was born uh, seventeen forty one, died eighteen sixteen. It took its text from a poem by Jean Pierre Claris de Florent, uh, seventeen fifty five to seventeen ninety four, which appears in his novel Celestine. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, so this this episode is literally called Pleasure of Love. Ooh, interesting. Although it's, I, it's kind of topical. 
topical. Yes. For True Blood in general. Mm. Um, so. I'm just Googling more about it because I want to know more about this. Because uh, Now yeah, I'm going to need to listen to the song after we finish. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's available on Spotify. <laughs> oh, well then we're fucked. Um, oh, wait, you too. <laughs> uh... <laughs> The song was greatly successful for Martini's in Martini's version. For example, a young woman, uh, Madame Julie Charles, sang it to the poet Alphonse de Lamartine during his curate Alex Elise Bind in 1816, and the poet was to recall it 30 years later. Hector Bolizio, Bolizos, look, I'm Australian. I don't speak English. Okay, I don't speak any kind of recognizable language, and I'm. Definitely here. We butcher English. Orchestra. Yeah, exactly. Uh, arranged it for orchestra H134 in 1859. Louis van Weffelgem. <laughs> w A E F E L G H E M. Which is a sound, not a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was vaguely racist, but that sounds like I'm something I'm bringing up from my throat. Uh, uh, if it's German, then yes. Yeah, that's how you do it. You just you pull from that part of the throat. I could say that because my grandfather spoke, spoke Deutsch, so it always sounded um, like he was angry. Yeah, even saying I love you in, in German is kind of angry sounding. Um, do you so, know how to say I love you in German? I used to. Ich liebe dich. Did <laughs> you go, ich liebe dich. Yeah, ex- yeah. <laughs> just really passionately. It's very um, passionate. <laughs> I used to be able to say vague swear words in Dutch. The Ooh. only thing I can say now is Magdenflis. What does that mean? Hymen. <laughs> I'm really glad you know. Do you want to know how to say the C word in Deutsch? Absolutely. It's Fotza. Fotza. I feel like you've taught me this. Yeah, but now everybody on the podcast now knows it. Yeah, that can be our, that can be our uh, tune-in word for Fotza. Yeah. Um, so Old Mate Louis arranged it for the viola d'amour, viola and piano in the 1880s, and has been arranged to perform in various pop music settings. Hmm, so it must be quite popular, like, like, recognisable. Yeah, like, I'm looking at it, and it's like, the pleasure of love only uh, lasts only a moment, the grief of love lasts a lifetime, I gave up everything for ungrateful Sylvia, bitch. Um, Fucking ungrateful bitch. She's leaving me for another lover, the pleasure well, I mean, of love lasts... that means you're shit. You're a shit lover. The pleasure of love lasts only a moment. The grief of love lasts a long, uh, lasts a lifetime. As long as the water will run gently towards this brook, which waters the meadow, I will love you. Sylvia told me the water runs still, but she has changed. The pleasure of love lasts only a moment. The grief of love lasts a lifetime. And then it goes on to like the lyrics, but that's the Wikipedia article for the name of the episode this week. That makes me sad now. But again, it kind of comes in with everything that's going on with the episode. I actually really like the things that they do. So, like, last episode, um, it was, what, the fourth man on fire, and they actually yeah. had that playing when Amy had the song. kidnapped uh, Eddie. Eddie, yeah. Um, and this, this week it's Placer d'Amour. I'm going to butcher that. I'm really sorry. Anyway, <laughs> um, less about me butchering this, the name. Um, this you week, intro for the episode. I do. Jason and Amy take their kidnapped vampire Eddie to Jason's house and confine him to the basement. And Amy takes their vampire. Okay, it's just let me. <laughs> Why is that on repeat? <laughs> I know, right? I copied it from Binge, so I hate when that happens. And you're just like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, so it's so it's J A S O. Jason and Amy take their kidnapped vampire Eddie to Jason's house and confine him to the basement. 
and Thor to N and Amy take their kidnapped vampire Eddie to their house and to Jason's house and combine him to the basement. Uh, excuse me, bitch. Um, I'm paying good money. You're wrong. Your service. Can you please get me the proper bloody thing? What does this say? I don't know. But that's it. Eddie and Eddie is now stashed away in the basement. That's as much as I got. Yes, I kind of like Eddie, but we'll get to that. We'll get to we'll get to Eddie. He's Eddie really sad. Character. Yeah. Um. So he, the episode opens back up again at Fantasia, where we left off last episode, where we find the bartender vampire Long Shadow launching himself after Suki after discovering that he was he is the thief. Of what was it like fifty thousand dollars or something? Something like that, yeah. And I've just got here. Oh no, not Long Shadow. <laughs> the man we've met for three seconds. Yeah, yeah. The man, the man we have absolutely no familiar old attachment to at all. But, Nothing um, whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Bill reacts by snapping off a beer tap and staking him through the back to protect her. And <laughs> I love. Oh. I love how visceral that is. So I've been saying to you that I have been super excited to see Suki get carried oh, for it's like so eight good. episodes. It's oh, so every, good. every week. We're like, let's get to this. I just um, want to see Suki get carried. But Ginger, my favourite part of this is Ginger just screaming. Oh, she is. Yeah, she's <laughs> horrified. I, I think she probably hasn't seen a vampire death either. Because I, I guess like it's not very often that they kill one another. I feel like she has and she's just had it glamoured out. <laughs> probably, <laughs> Because that also gets that also gets sort of brought up later. Yeah, but um, the but amount of blood as he is like, I think his whole body is just um, emptying itself, basically. Yeah, it's sort of like skin is no longer skin; it's just like a wet. It's kind of like a balloon. It's a sack, and it's just holding. Oh. Yeah, it's just losing its form, and it's just holding. Mm. And he's like spewing, and he's like deforming, and then it just goes. Bleh, he's just a gelatinous sack. Yeah, it's gelatinous, and just like <laughs> that's it. My and everyone's just like yeah because pam pam's like oh no and eric's like all right no. um but eric's fucking bill is standing there with like this steak and Suki's sitting there like somebody slapped her in the face <laughs> yeah. and he in blood. just like what the fuck but i love that ginger vomits and yeah, then like, eric yeah. says humans bill i don't know what you see in them <laughs> I was like, oh, that is excellent. I fucking love that. I've got, I've got to know here because, like, Suki's sitting there and she's, like, stunned and you just see, like, this bit of vampire in a cleavage and I'm like, Suki, you've got a little something. Um, just, she's just got, covered in shit. You've got a bit of red on you. <laughs> um, but can we, can we, I, I need to, I need to jump on, on, up on a soapbox here. Okay. Um, who was in charge of that wig on Eric? Because they need to be charged for a war crime. <laughs> this is a violation of my human rights yeah, to visually a, see things. This is a this is a violation of the Vampire Rights Amendment. I know it didn't get ratified, but no, <laughs> but it's in there. Nobody is handsome as Eric fucking Nottingham. Nottingham. Northman. What are you? Northman. Where have you been? <laughs> I, watching, I don't know. I've been You've watching been watching. You, you're like almost finished. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm just like, Eric Northman, nobody as handsome as Eric Northman should be in a wig that ugly. It is a crime. It is. It looks like, and I said this to you last week, I was like, <laughs> it looks like a wig you would buy from, like, Party Warehouse. But he's been, like, straightened to death and the plastic fibres are just, like, melting Melting together. together. That's, it's horrible. It's, it's heinous. You it know is, how at the opening of Law and Order where it's, like, dun, the dun. most <laughs> heinous crimes? 
that is Lord, that. Lord Order said. crimes against wigs. Crime against Eric Northman, that wig. I could make a really cool Lauren Order episode out of that. Anyway, I digress. Um, so they leave Ginger, Ginger to like clean up the stupid like, remains. Ah, she's like yeah. pulling things up and she's like, ah, and I'm like, yeah, that's a fair reaction. But I'd be vomiting as well. That's disgusting. And she's, and she's like, I don't know why I keep getting involved with you vampires. And she's just pulling up parts of the <laughs> shadow and putting them in a bucket. And they're just slopping into Oh, the, the noise that it makes. I'm like, oh. Um, the, the vampire deaths are my favorite part in this. Oh, they're so and they're all so different as well it's honestly it's perfect yeah it's kind of like they have their own death the true death well yeah yeah <laughs> they're dead and then they go um, the true death the true death oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i love that eric tells pam to climb a ginger when she's done and pam's like uh i don't know if that's a good idea because like we've climbed her one too many times and eric's like well <laughs> we could turn her. her and pam says we're not that desperate <laughs> She's a little punch drunk. Yeah, like her brain's a little bit scrambled eggs at this point, I think. Um, I, she's she's so smart when you meet her later in the series. Yeah. She's, like, she's a really good character when you meet her in the series, and then, like, you see her, like, now, and it's like, oh, sweet girl, you got absolutely bamboozled by these Your people. brain is mush. <laughs> uh, I love that Eric's like, okay, Bill, we gotta go in and we've gotta have a discussion. I'll buy you a blood. I'll buy you a blood, um, which Bill ends up having to pay for. But um, I have a note that the staff room that they go into is really fucking boring. Man, I used so I used to work at it, like I used to work at David Jones. The staff room there was really boring as well. Staff rooms aren't exciting. But it's Fantasia and they're vampires. You would think they would just like want monotony, though. Apparently, there's an ep- uh, apparently there's a book of Bram Stoker's um, Dracula in the background. Oh, really? That's a nice little Dracula. Easter egg, isn't it? Yeah, a full of Easter eggs and fun facts today. Mm. And uh, Eric says to Bill, they're talking about True Blood, and he said, "True Blood, it'll keep you alive, but it'll bore it'll you bore to death. death." And I love that because that was actually used as a part of their marketing campaigns as well. I think mm-hmm. that tagline, and I was like, I like that. That's pretty cool. And I like this because we're learning more about vampire politics. Yeah, I can't remember what they discuss. So it's Bill says that um, in if Eric was in his situation, he would have done the same thing. And Eric says he wouldn't have made the mistake of doing it in front of witnesses. Ah, uh, in front of humans or something. Or yeah, because yeah. Because now it's va- Bill has killed a vampire. Mm. That's a big no. Yeah, not only did he kill a vampire in front of witnesses, he's done it in front of his sheriff. Yeah. So there are going to be consequences to his actions, um, and that gets sort of decided later in later in the episode into next episode. Yeah. Um, but there is a very big thing about why Bill is so protective of Sookie, and Eric is really curious about it. Hmm. Excuse me. Because he says he wants the girl. Yeah, and Eric's like Bill's like, no, you can't have her, and Eric's like, well, that can't be an edit because I would have known about that. So why is she so special? What have you got? Mm. And it's sort of, I don't know if Bill knows what he's got at this point. We find out later what's going on. Yeah. Um, But I don't know if he knows that she's fairy, basically. Yeah. Um, No, he doesn't. But there's some, I think he knows that there's like this special power about her. And I know that they go further into it later on in, in the in the series um, about why vampires are so obsessed with Sookie. 
Yeah, um, and especially about how Bill came to Bon Temps and stuff like that. So it's all really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, because they're somehow tied together. Mm-hmm. But we don't find that out until like season three or four. Yeah, I want to say it's like the end of season three. Yeah, possibly mid. Yeah, which I, that's probably one of my favorite seasons. I say that all the time. <laughs> Season season one is probably my least favorite in the seasons that make sense. <laughs> um, the ones that actually make sense. Yeah, the ones that actually make sense. If I like, because I'm now in season seven. I've, yeah. I've actually, I've stopped watching. I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> Again. I I plowed <laughs> through it, um, and then I just I I just put it down because I'm now like this is insane. Like what none the of fuck? this makes sense. What are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. What happened? Where did you go wrong? What happened? <laughs> what did you do to me? Uh, during Eric and Bill's conversation, uh, Pam is helping Suki like get changed. She hands her like these leather pants. No, it's a leather dress. It's oh, like, it's a leather dress, is it? A little pants. Dress. Um, and she's like, "Here, wear this." And Suki's like, "No, I'm fine. I'm just gonna dry my hair, and you know, like, I'm just gonna wash my face, and this is fine." And she's like, "You are literally covered in blood, and there's like, vampire there's... in your cleavage." Yeah, she's <laughs> Pam, Pam is the queen of the very gay stare. Oh yeah, because mm. she's like, and I love this part of Pam because she's like, she's in very like neutral makeup. She's in a neutral. Um, outfit and even when Pam's yeah. not playing up the vampire side she's always got this eye for fashion she's always a fashion mm. she's kind of she's in an all black suit I think because I know she's no, got so a like, blazer on no she's got in this one she's got like a, a pastel pink jumper oh I felt like and she was wearing black <laughs> and that's what and that's what picked it up for me because she's always like pink's my favorite color mm. um, but she just looks really sort of neutral and demure in this one but she's like giving Suki this really gay fucking stare. And I'm like, would you look at me like that, please? But she also um, says, I'm beginning to see what, you know, why people are, yeah, so yeah, enamored I mean, with you. It's like, I'm beginning to see what all the fuss is about. Yeah, that's up, right. Yeah. She goes up to Suki and she goes, You've got a little something in your cleavage here, allow me. And she just digs in there. She just, whoop, no problems. I mean, like, I'd be like, You touch my boobs, Pam. Yeah, just, yeah. But, so, uh, when Suki's talking about drying off her hair, Pam's like, no, 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 you can't go anywhere until the boys are done talking about talking business. Yeah. Um, and Suki starts clubbing on that maybe Bill fucked up. Yeah. And and that's understandable because mm-hmm. Suki's, you know, by this point, Suki would have some inkling about the do's and don'ts of vampirism, of vampirism you know, like yeah. community-wise. And, 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 and at least knowing that Eric and... Pam are somewhat higher up in the ranks of um, vampirism. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, This is obviously some kind of slight from the way they reacted. They emote very much. (laughs) Not that there's any, like, even just Eric's reaction to him dying, he's like, oh. I think it's because Eric's trying to manually file the paperwork. (laughs) He's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to file the paperwork. But Bill killing uh, Long Shadow with a stake also revealed one of their weaknesses too. Yes. So kind of said to Suki, this is also a way you can kill us. Yeah, they're they're just, she's she's been, she knows a lot about vampires that nobody probably should. And the vampires are probably panicking at this point too. Like, um, like, what about if she's like, like a secret double agent. What if she's Steve Newland's wife? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, 
So while this conversation's going on, it cuts to Amy and Jason driving back to Jason's place with Eddie in the back of the car. Yeah, and um, they're conversing about how uh, Jason is basically panicking, saying, like, I didn't think it'd go this far. You've obviously done this before. Yeah. Um, and Which is obvious. <laughs> and one of my favorite, because, like, Amy is just so casual about this, and Jason is, like, the cogs are ticking, and Jason's yeah. trying to figure out what this means. He's like, and oh, fuck. Fuck, 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 Jason's, fuck, fuck. <laughs> Jason's like, all I'm saying is Lafayette didn't have to kidnap him, and I'm pretty sure he left with some V. And Amy turns around and goes, hey, if you want to make the same arrangement with Eddie, Lafayette's got them, have at it. This was the only thing I could think um the only thing I can think of to get you out of blowing your first vampire. Yeah. And she's like, this is such a change from the Amy we saw in last episode before the kidnapping. Mm. Now, before the kidnapping, she was kind of strung out. She was really moody. She was really aggressive. And now she's now excited. She's, yeah, she's excited. She's sort of relaxed. She's much more in her element. And she turns on this um, this music and Jason's like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, just chill out. She's like, um... Jason says, you've done this before, haven't you? Done what? This. Kidnapping vampires. Jesus. I should have known something wasn't right the second you walked into my life carrying that big old bag of crazy. Because any woman with a purse that big is bound to have something in it something in it that I don't want to know about. And she goes, Jason, baby, you're sweet, but you've got to mellow out. And she's manipulating it. Oh, yeah. She does um, it through the whole thing. And power, I just hate person. her even more in this episode. I'm like, fuck, I hate you so much. Uh, to, to throw back to the first episode, it's the power of the pussy. It is. And Jason is an idiot. And Jason is addicted to the power of the pussy. He falls victim. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Very easily. <laughs> yeah, my, the, the attitude of Amy is it's so casual about this. Whereas, like, Jason's reaction to just watching his girlfriend, who he thought he was getting to know... Has changed so now he's trying to figure out if he's in too deep he doesn't figure that out for a while yet but you know i mean more for him um this is also where they get home and take him down to the basement yes yeah and i love that and they're like tin foiling up the window <laughs> and, stuff like and she pulls out a gas mask and jason's like i was paranoid after 9 11 and she was like you really think the terrorists are gonna come here it was like, you really after, think that? After New York and Washington, they were going to come bomb, bomb, uh, bomb, bomb, top. Like someplace in Louisiana. And he was just like, oh, oh, okay. And he gets really defensive about it because she just basically called him an idiot. And was like, Which he is. And, but that's kind of like, as, as an Australian, that's like something we see a lot coming out of America. Like these conspiracy nuts and these this intense paranoia out of like um, what we would consider uneducated people. Yeah, and it's really funny to see that Jason is exactly the kind of person I would see falling for that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, just in that he probably knows that the, the terrorist organisations aren't going to attack Bon Ton because they're this little backwards town in the middle of buttfuck nowhere, Louisiana. Oh, no, he probably thinks it's going to happen because he's special. No, but I think, I think the reason why he does it is because he's just so on edge. He's so fearful yeah. of it that if he goes anywhere, he needs to have it. Um. My favourite part of this is, like, Amy's telling him not to think about it, and he turns around and he goes, I'm not thinking about it. In fact, I've gone months not thinking about shit. And I'm like, oh, sweet boy. <laughs> I wish I <laughs> Mate, I wish I could do that. Teach like, me don't, your ways. Don't openly <laughs> admit that to anybody. Especially but to they're, me. Yeah. They're, but they've got, Jay, uh, they've got Eddie on, like, a daybed that doesn't have the mattress on it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's just like, the, the old... Lion. 
old school ones. Yeah, I've like, seen one of those in a million years. It's got like springs on it, and then they like tie his legs with silver and stuff like that. Yeah, and Eddie immediately tries to connect with Jason. Yeah, he's identified that out of Amy and Jason, Jason is the weaker one, and that's the one he needs. To he's like Amy's a sociopath, so I will try and get into the dummy's head. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, let's like pro strap for Eddie. Yeah. Um, they also, uh, have sex together in front yeah. of Eddie. Um, and this is again, this master manipulation thing from Amy because Amy oh. taps into, Amy taps a vein in Eddie and she's bleeding him. Um, mm. and she's like, come with me, baby. And Jason's like, no, this is fucking weird and wrong. And she's like, you need to not let fear stop you. And she's playing that very masculine thing of no if he's a real man he won't be as scared yeah she's like she can see that jason is starting to see her bullshit and rebel against oh yeah absolutely or question it even yeah so she's dragging him back in so she takes the shot of v and she starts mellowing out a lot and she's really like she looks like she's enjoying the high um and then uh jason's like looking at her and she gets another drop of it hands it to Jason and says, come with me, baby. And Eddie is yeah. looking at Jason, pleading with him not to do it. Like, please, please just don't do it. And he's mm. like, shut the fuck up. And yeah. Like, he gets very aggressive, uh, like defending his masculinity in that sense. Yeah. And especially because I think he's just like trying, he knows that somebody's going to try and manipulate him. He just didn't think it was going to be Amy. Yeah. And I think he's also trying to pretend that Amy's not manipulating him. And he's, he's making his own decisions. I don't think he's smart enough to know that. Probably not. But I mean, like, there's some subconscious thing where it's like, oh no, she doesn't tell me what to do. I make my own decisions. Yeah, which is that manipulation of fear kind of thing. She's yeah. Playing into. And then they have this really weird sex sequence where they're like frolicking through the woods and stuff. And I was like, my favorite part's like Amy's like, <laughs> you have to thank the vampire. Oh yeah. Thank you for the gifts that you're about that you have given us. And he's like, Would you fuck off? <laughs> Get fucked, you dumb bitch. Go away. Oh, um, but that it. sort of I and, and that scene, like, this is just a really weird thing about me. I hate those scenes where they're shot underwater. Oh really? Don't you and it's just it just I don't know why, I just hate those scenes. I hate it. Don't like it. Don't like it. Not going off. <laughs> no um, <laughs> Not going off. But, okay, so once once Amy and Jason are kind of bonking on down, it cuts to Tara at... Um, Miss Janine. Miss Jeanette. Jeanette. Sorry, I thought her name was Janine. I wrote Janine. Mm, Jeanette. Silly me. Je- just, <laughs> just something. Just something. Just something. Um, yeah, so Tara, Tara goes to Miss Jeanette and she's like... I want an exorcism. What did you do to my mother? Why does it work? And will it work on me? Basically. Yeah. Um, and Tara is so skeptical about it. Um, of course, <laughs> as if you wouldn't be. Because it'd be like, okay, well, my mum's kind of some semblance of normal at the moment. She has taken what you've done to her to heart. Yeah. I need I need that kind of experience because I don't feel good about me. So I've got here that Tara is really right to be skeptical about this because <laughs> this kind of thing you know, realistically wouldn't work in my brain either. But she yeah. wants to believe that it would work because she doesn't want to believe that she's broken. She wants an easy fix. And it's easier to just go to Miss Jeanette and be like, cool, get the, get the demon out of me. Yeah. Um, than admitting that she needs help. Yeah. And I mean, like, a lot of people would go through that. Her, her mother did the exact same thing. Yeah. Her, her, mother, her mother and, like, 
has gone through a whole bunch of trials and errors and all that kind of stuff. And Tara has mm. seen that something has worked for her. Something happened. <laughs> we don't know what, but something happened. Uh, um, Miss Jeanette also asks her if you didn't believe it, then why did why you come are you out here? Yeah, why'd you come out here? So um, there's something I, in Tara that's, yeah, okay, I can do it. But also, why is it going to cost me 800 bucks? Yeah, because she's like, <laughs> your demon's different. I think the thing that I love about this is Miss Jeanette goes, um, you're lonely and it's starting to come into your eyes. Go stare into yeah. the mirror and count backwards from 10. If you can't make it in your own loneliness, how can somebody else love you? Yeah. Um, and I think that really hits home with Tara while she's going through all of this sort of on again, off again stuff with Sam. Yeah. There's actually the scene, <laughs> the, the scene with her mum when we oh, get to it. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Um, so Bill is dropping Sookie at home, who's all dressed in leather. Yeah, she's... She looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> she's got, like, straw man hair because the hair, like, her hair's sort of, like, Covered half in. dry and clearly yeah. hasn't been shampooed because all she's done is wash it in a bathroom basin somewhere it's to get the still blood got, out like, um, like, this, the, the, there's, like, the cellular level of blood where it's, like, yeah. the... She needs she needs a double yeah. rinse and a cleanse. Oh, yeah. Um, and then she's in and she's in like these like nude pumps or whatever, and then very tight black. <laughs> Why did they like, give her shoes? Nothing. Just like go home barefoot. It's fine. Yeah. Right. Um. And Bill is just straight up lying to Suki in this scene. Yeah. Suki asks him, "He's like, you know, are you in trouble or something?" Like, no, no, no. It was fine. We're just talking about, about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all gonna be fine. Um. I hate this part because when no, same. the door, there is blood splattered all over the walls and her My cat f- is fucking spinning around by its neck from the ceiling fan. And Suki goes, I feel like there's still blood all over me. And then she turns on the light and, and there's, there's blood, blood all over the ev- wall. Fucking everywhere. And I was like, you sick son of a bitch. And Suki, so Suki's like looking at the walls. Bill looks up and goes, don't look up. So she looks so up. She looks up. Uh, and says, yeah, Tina doing whirlybirds. On the fan by her on the, on the, Oh, Tina. No, it's her tail because her head's been so Oh, much. that's right. Yeah, she's got no head. Because mm. they do find her head. In the book, they find her outside or on oh. her doorstep or something. I can't remember. Yeah, no, Suki makes mention of the fact that the cat was, like, the cat's head was there because she's like, oh, you know, there's a psycho out there and he's just killed my cat and take off, taken off with its head. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, poor Tina. <laughs> Tina. She's a R. harmless black Why are they got to do the animals bad? I know. So then it cuts to Suki and Bill in Bill's place and Suki is being spooned by Bill and she's just kind of like, every time I close my eyes, I can't stop thinking about, thinking yeah. about her until Bill's like the cat. <laughs> <laughs> and Suki is no, well, kind of like her grandmother and just everything. All, just all of the women who have been killed around her and the cat. Um, um and realizing that there's this pattern of it, maybe it's Suki. Yeah, Suki seems to think that there's there's something wrong with her, and that's totally understandable. That you know she's looking for reassurance from Bill as well. In yeah, that, like is there something deficient with me? And Bill, so she's talking about how like she shouldn't be protecting or whatever because Bill's offering to protect her when he can. And Bill turns around and goes, all of this trouble you're in, it's because of me. And I'm like, ding ding ding, we ding, have ding, a winner. Ding ding ding. ding. Um, and I'm just like, Suki, run. Bill wins 
the bachelor competition in this one you get a rose bill because you actually got it right for once yeah you did you you win you win the fabulous prize it's a brand new peugeot (laughs) i wouldn't mind a peugeot they look pretty good no they're crap oh okay i won't get one then (laughs) no don't i trust you with cars (laughs) i'm I'm sorry if you drive a peugeot my sister-in-law bought a peugeot after her um piece of crap ford focus died my brother-in-law is a mechanic he's the one who sold me my car um, and he said, don't buy a Peugeot. The first, like, don't buy a Peugeot and don't buy a convertible. What did she do? She, she got both. Convertible, Ooh. Uh, and the thing died within six months. Ah, oh, that's frustrating. Yeah. So don't buy a Peugeot. Okay. Um, moral, Peugeot. Of the, moral of the podcast this week is don't buy a Peugeot. Do not get a um, <laughs> But yeah, so then after this, <sighs> it cuts to Jason and Amy in a field. Yeah. So Amy's laying and sunbaking, you know, uh, taking in all the sun. the sun and Jason runs across screeching in his gas mask. He's such an idiot. Such a fuckwit. <laughs> and I've got here, you know, when Jason and Amy are kidnapping vampires to harvest their blood for their trash addiction behaviour, they're actually kind of cute together. <laughs> <laughs> but they are also trash. They're, they're Garbage trash. people. Um, And so they're having this sort of like deep and meaningful conversation about um, they, they start making out, and then Eddie starts screaming. <laughs> and Jason's like, um... This is going to try, this is going to kill the boner. And I hate this part. I absolutely uh, hate this part. because it's for Amy, the same reason I do. It's because Amy is trying to justify her shitty behaviour because she quote-unquote deserves it. She's the reason why shitty things have happened to people in the past, and she wants one not shitty thing to happen to her, and so she yeah. deserves this happiness. Fuck off, mate, Amy. Mate! Fuck off. Firstly, fuck off. Secondly, jump on the horse you came in on and fuck it off too. Also, Um, I hate how she's like, oh, try this almond. You need to eat raw food. It makes everything so much better. And I'm like, shut up. Which she's spoken about before and then she goes and works at my lots. She's like, it makes the experience so much cleaner. And I'm like, mate, almonds are great, but it's not going to make any experience better. I hate almonds. I love almonds. I'm, I'm all about nuts. Nobody take that out of context, please. I will um, eat I, macadamias like there's no tomorrow. I have an unbridled joy about like salted, like almonds or like the like the. Are you ones. one of those people that also like pistachios? No, I don't like pistachios. Oh, God, I hate I'll, 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 I'll eat pistachios in things. But yeah, I don't it's like, like a trail mix or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Amy's rationalizing her shitty behavior, and then she tells Jason that she loves him. I was like, the ultimate manipulation. Yeah, she love bombs him. And Jason yeah. doesn't say anything. And Amy's like, what the fuck? Like, all we want is to be loved. And when Don't you just want to be it, loved? Yeah. And when somebody <laughs> says it, um, everybody freaks out. So, Jason, <clears throat> I love you. Um, and then Jason goes, you know what? Fuck it. I love you too. And I'm like, Jason, no, you don't know what love is. Mm. You don't know what real romantic love is. You probably don't know what platonic love is because every relationship you've had has been trash. You've destroyed it. And disgusting, and you have either been an asshole or you've been manipulated. You do not know what love is. No, and especially in this context. Especially in this situation. Wrong. Um, So then it goes to Tara, who's at home. And she's counting backwards in the mirror. <laughs> and her so mum nice. just, like, rocks up next to her and scares the shit out of her. And I fucking love it. Because Ta- Tara gets so angry. And that's, I swear, like, Tara has ADHD. Because she cannot <laughs> regulate her emotions. Nope. At 
all there is. Like, Hooray for trauma responses. But also it is like a trauma response, emotional dysregulation. Yeah. <laughs> so like Tara goes, what if I was doing something personal? Like what if I was doing something private? And Lady May is like, I taught you that that was a sin against God. Yeah, and I was like, wow, I forget that the South is so... Um, conservative like, yeah and everything is a sin and sex is a sin and you know masturbating is a sin and that's a sin and looking that way is a sin and it's just like wow I would have had the most worst anxiety growing up if I lived there I would have been out of there at 16 I just would have grown up in like vomiting anxiously all the time or pooing. I just would have been anxious pooing all the time either that or I would have been martyred why? Just, I just would have just been a martyr me. for the cause. Yeah, I'd just be like, no, it, look, I can't abide by your laws. I'm stuck here until I'm 18. Just kill me. Like, it's fine. I'm fucking stone you to death like they do in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then I'd be like, don't threaten me with a good time. Pew, pew, pew. Eh, pew, pew. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'll, my mother would be like, I'll smack you. And I'm like, oh, really? Mm. <laughs> okay. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know we're in the South. <laughs> But Lady <laughs> May is here to tell um, Tara that Sam Merlot is here. And yeah. You ain't He's got flowers. You ain't sleeping with him, are you? Jesus, mum, what makes you jump to that conclusion? Because he brought flowers. And men only bring flowers if they've already slept with you and are looking for more. Like, especially goes for white men, because black men aren't prone to grovel. <laughs> True. Actually, I don't know that, so I don't know why I said that. But, um, but I mean, if Lady May said it, I believe it. The way she says it, she's so matter-of-fact about it. She's like... Like it's well, doubly especially for white men because black men don't grovel. And I'm like, okay, surfing some lessons, righto. Yeah. And then Tara opens up the door and she's like talking to Sam and Lady May's in the background. It's like, it's like mm. creepy. And she's like, he wants to sex you some more. <laughs> don't let him. It's a sin. No sinning in my house. They actually have a really nice house though. Yeah. It would, be lovely, if it, was like, it would be lovely if it was done up a little bit better and didn't look like a den of previous alcoholics i mean i think it's getting there and that's you know tara's also in the bathroom cleaning at that point too yeah and lady may is finally taking pride in the house yeah yeah um and tara's telling sam basically this isn't going to work are you a masochist (laughs) (laughs) because they're like she's like so sam comes back to apologize about the fairly innocuous comment he made about her during sex yes uh which was that she grunts yeah um honestly fairly innocuous i can understand how that might be hurtful or offensive but y'all if you're in if, if you were two adults who are having sex with each other you need to be able to communicate things without, yeah if adults use their words our relationships on reddit would not be a thing oh i don't go that far into reddit <laughs> oh i love it because it's the best creative writing sub on reddit <laughs> oh okay i'm gonna have a look then <laughs> <laughs> but like because he comes back and he seems genuine in his apologies he's like yeah, i'm really yeah. sorry to say this and he's trying to repair this relationship. And yeah. Tara is like... Even if it's not going, going to be a relationship, he still wants to apologise and be like, yo, I'm sorry that I said that. Because yeah. he does genuinely care about her feelings. Yeah, exactly. And Tara's like, are you a fucking masochist? <laughs> and I'm like, maybe he could be. It could maybe be a thing. We don't kick shame in this house. There's no kink um, shaming on this podcast. There's no kink shaming in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, we... and. Yeah, so Tara is actively pushing him away, and yeah. Sam is like, "You are a dumb bitch. Stop pushing me away." It's yeah, said a little bit more eloquently than that, but that's, uh, yeah, that's it was a little bit nicer. Huh? Yeah, but it's just basically, "You're a dumb bitch. Stop this." Mm. But um, Tara, Tara is kind of feeling sorry for herself because 
she has to go she explains to sam she's like do you want to be with somebody who thinks they need an exorcism to cure themselves yeah she's Um, she's trying to prove to him i'm not suitable for you you need to go away i'm borderline think i'm crazy because i need an exorcism and that's her defense mechanism once again and i understand using anger as a defense mechanism because it's a secondary emotion and obviously mm -hmm. there's a lot of other things going on when you do hit anger and yeah i get it i think also she's just trying to prove to herself that she's unlovable yeah i mean we all go through that yeah so if she can prove if she can push someone away who is trying to love her she proves to herself that she's unlovable and it's that Confer- feedback- like confirmation yeah it's that feedback cycle of i am unloved nobody loves me i'm gonna push somebody away who's trying and it feeds back mm. and that's why she then thinks she's more broken because she can't find somebody to love her despite yeah. the fact somebody's actively coming to her door with flowers apologizing for the insens- insensitive comment they made yeah and trying to be sincere in this apology and she's still like no nah, fuck off mm-hmm. but i get it no, so do I. I. I can. I've. I've had comments like that made about me in other aspects, and like, especially when you're being intimate with somebody and having that level of vulnerability, you don't want to be told that there's something wrong with you. Yeah, you're like, oh, defect. I'm ooh, 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 rejection. Ooh, ooh. Like the re- rejection. Yeah, and, <laughs> no thanks. And you, you and you and I, being very similar people, we have that rejection rejection mechanism of like, yeah. What, what do they call it? It's it's called RSD. It's called reject oh. uh, rejection sensitive dis, dis- disorder or something dysphoria? like that. Dysfunction. Dis- yeah, something. So it's basically the idea that if anybody criticizes you in any way, shape, or form, it is immediate rejection. You are worthless. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how I've survived 30 years without knowing that, uh, nor do I know how I've survived 30 years with that. <laughs> oh, oh, it's fun, especially when your mother's a narcissist. And... Yeah, or you're in a cre- <laughs> when when your mother's a narcissist and you're in a creative industry, hearing, like, even getting feedback on stuff that I know is perfect and, like, my editor will be like, hey, you just need to change this around a little bit and it'll make more sense. I was like, cool, excellent, I'm a hack writer imposter syndrome i'm never gonna get right i'm never gonna write anything again i'm done hang it up hang the keyboard um, up i get when i get feedback i'm like oh great i'm gonna get fired now oh yeah and these, the, I've, so, I've been in my job for eight years and i'm still like oh i'm getting fired i've been in my job a month and i'm like they're gonna boot me out they're gonna find out i have shit at everything despite the fact that Thanks, i'm, I'm like, despite the fact that within a week of me being on my team and actively engaging with our customers i had a customer write a compliment about me and like yeah. this whole thing that's like, no. that's still rejection for me i'm just like oh they're lying they're lying yeah, yeah. don't nope. lie to nope. me yep nope um it's it's fun and it's especially fun when you're in a relationship you're trying to repair things um having no. that because the never the negative the negative thoughts and then it's so much louder yeah. than the positive and it drowns it out mm. it's it's one Mine, of the um, why I hate silence. Yeah, silent treatment for me not only is toxic, but also... Um, Triggering. Yeah. See, my partner will be like, I don't want to talk right now, and I will take that as silent treatment. But so, it's him setting a boundary, saying, I don't want to talk about this right now because I'm angry and I don't want to say anything mean to you. And I'm like, oh, great. Fuck, silent Jason, treatment. He's breaking up with me. Jason will... Jason will be silently like just quietly cleaning and I will take that as passive aggressive like (laughs) passive aggression because that's what my mum used to do yeah my mum would no I'm fine and then she would clean in front of me but with such purpose that it was very pointed at me. ah 
I'm glad my mom wasn't that kind of narcissist. Oh, mate, it's it's some fun. <laughs> so, like, one night Jason came into bed and he was, like, upset about something, but he didn't want to talk to me about it. And I took it that I had done something wrong yeah. to piss him off. And it triggered this huge thing um, to the point where I couldn't have him touch me for, like, three days. Oh, that sucks. See, Ned used mm. to go over to America, and because we were in different time zones, I would wake up in the morning and see that he'd been online and had not said good morning to me. And it would, like, send me into a downward spiral. And I'd be like, yep. why do you hate me? And he's like, I've literally been waking, waiting for you to wake up so I can call you. <laughs> and I'd be um, like, but what? you've been online. You've been awake for eight hours and you haven't messaged me. And he's like, you were asleep. What did you want me to do? <laughs> uh, like, well, you're asleep. Moral you're not going to reply to me? Moral of the story is we understand where Tara we get is it. <laughs> on, like, an atomic level. Yeah. Cellular level. We yeah. get it. Um, in our little therapy right. session, just though, we, we yeah, understand. Thank you. That. Welcome to Cat Natty Therapy. Um, we are not trained we therapists. Pro- do we not. Probably, we could probably do a baller therapy podcast, though. Oh, I could. Oh, we'll bring my sister on because she's like this massive therapy advocate, and she just loves therapy. We can just yeah, talk. We'll just yeah, talk we'll talk it out. Tonight. Yeah, we'll talk it out. People can send us in questions. Yeah, um, we'll we'll work it out. None of the advice I go to therapy twice as. a month. Let's do it. I have an appointment with a therapist tomorrow, actually. Oh, fuck yeah. My therapist is on uh, leave for the entire month of July. So I gotta wait. So my workplace actually has a, it's called a employee assistance program. Oh, that's right. So you can set up appointments if you're feeling vulnerable or something like that. And it's also out for our clients as well. And I was like, not feeling super great this week. So I messaged them and they've now got, she's in Perth. But we're doing a Zoom call tomorrow, so that's I'm actually awesome. really looking forward to it. Yeah, that's so cool. That's such a great everybody, initiative. Everybody needs therapy. Yeah. I am, uh, yeah. I, am of, I am of the absolute opinion. You could think there is nothing wrong with you. You still need therapy. Even if it's just to get out the thoughts. You could be the happiest motherfucker alive. Go get therapy. Everyone goes through periods of sleeplessness and uh, anxiety and intrusive thoughts and... Insomnia champion, 30 years running. Oh, I once... Uh, just before we get back into it, talking about. So, uh, my mental health was a bit rough, maybe two and a half years ago. So, I went into my doctor and I was like, oh, because my doctor's been my doctor since I was like 15 or 16. And I was like, you know, I'm going through this uh, sleeplessness. Like, I just can't get to sleep. And she's like, Kat, everybody goes through this. <laughs> Your mental health is okay. You're, you are medicated and you're in therapy. She's like, here's some melatonin. <laughs> she's like, everybody suffers this and i was like so it's not just me and she's like and then you get the and then you get the insomnia fog which plays up with the chronic illness fog and you you can't remember how to fall to the floor (laughs) you're just like how am i here i don't go through insomnia i have what's called initial insomnia because of my medication it causes a lot of like uh you just can't fall asleep um and so like i'll lay in bed like my partner will fall asleep at the drop of the hat and i'm in bed like Yeah, I'm, I'm like staring. 2 a.m. Why am I still awake? Staring at the back of my eyelids, and I'll like, so I, I'll, you know, it'll take me like three hours to fall asleep. I'll get like an hour of really light sleep, and then I'll wake up, and it's. Mm, See, like, it's normally on a weekend that I'd be up past midnight, but it takes me, yeah, maybe an hour, hour and a half to fall asleep. Man, I can't imagine. I'm so tired by like 9 30, and then I'm not asleep by midnight. I don't get it. And the thing is, I also have, um, I've, since last year's lockdown i've got new ocd rituals and one of them is going to the bathroom a zillion times before i sleep 
So until, and it's called, uh, I have what's called just right OCD. So it's like, I have to do things until they feel. filtered by Kellogg's. (laughs) The fucking should be. Um, Until something just feels right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I will have to go to the toilet until my bladder feels right. Man, I just I'm surprised I haven't given like, myself a UTI, forcing myself to go to the bathroom. I just drink like 18 liters of water a day. My <laughs> kidney function is perfect. Oh, I'll be like, you, your bladder is not empty. It does not feel right. Go to the toilet again. And I'm just like, oh, I'm so comfortable and warm. But my brain's <laughs> like, but you can't fall asleep until your bladder feels right. It's my, my dad has it as well. Uh, he has just right OCD and my younger sister has like medical OCD and contamination OCD. So it's good fun. Welcome to the True Blood Podcast. <laughs> we're, 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 we're both neuro, neurodivergent people here. <laughs> I joke that I'm crazy and everybody's like, no, you're not crazy. I'm like, no, 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 I am. I, I understand that I'm I get it. 13 shades <laughs> of crazy. It's fine. You can say that. Um, Back to the actual anyway. topic at hand. So um, um, we're we're back at Merlot's, yes. And Arlene is showing Amy her engagement ring. Yeah, and Amy's excited because uh, Arlene and Renee have recently gotten engaged, and they're talking about where they're going to throw the party and blah da 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 da. And Sam, I don't know where we're. I don't know where we're going to throw it because we don't have anywhere that is big enough. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Sam's like, "Fine, I will throw the engagement party for you." Arlene is as subtle as a freight train and I can relate to that. She's just like, Because no. she's, like, she's like, oh, my God, Sam, that would be wonderful. But I was actually thinking if we could have it in the warehouse next door or out the front, um, <laughs> out the parking lot. Because if we have it in here, it'll feel too much like work. And Sam's like, you've been thinking, huh, about that party I literally just offered to throw you? Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then Arlene's like, oh, Sam, you're so lovely. Yeah. Because he says he'll pay, he'll do the catering and all she has and the band, and she has to do the booze and any incidentals. Yep, which is that's a pretty good deal to me. Yeah, that's great, Um, Mm. especially in somewhere as local. Like everybody goes to Malots, they know what it's like. So yeah. Um. Uh. So it cuts across. Oh no, Suki comes into work and they're like, "Good morning, Suki," and she's like, "Nothing good about the morning." Yeah, nothing to be happy about today. And I'm like, "Fair." She just had her cat. Her cat just got fucking murdered. Uh, Then it cuts across to Jason at his work site with Renee and Hoyt, and he's kind of like fucking spacing out. And um, so Renee has a jackhammer, and he's like trying to jackhammer apart this like concrete slab so they can remove a tree. That mm-hmm. is, uh, roots are growing underneath the house. So I think they said something about that. Yeah. And Jason basically tackles Renee. And I thought something dangerous was going to happen. Yeah, so did I. I thought they were going to find like, a oh, body or something. I thought maybe he's like jackhammering into an electrical source and Jason noticed it and was like, shit, stop that. No, it's because everything is connected and don't cut no, down the tree. Jason is just stoned. He's stoned. And he also... Just, Spout some fucking hippie bullshit. Hoyt wrestles him at this point as well. Yeah. And says, hey, Jay, like, what are you doing? And Jason says, were you on the fucking football team? Then don't call me Jay. Yeah, Jason gets really... Addict really behaviour. Such addict behaviour. We don't love this. We don't love this we for do Jason like at all. We don't like this for Jason. You do not go near Hoyt. Uh, I mean, like, maybe Hoyt later, but that's fine. Yeah, not Hoyt uh, now. We, <laughs> not Hoyt now. We protect Hoyt now. Yes. Um... <laughs> so it comes back to um, Melots. Melots and Suki is taking Andy's order and they get into a bit of an argument yeah 
interesting. It's just interesting because Andy's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, don't don't know where these hostilities come from. Because um, Suki is really offended by the fact that he's sitting here having this really casual lunch when somebody has just brutally murdered her cat. Yeah. And, and she tells Andy that somebody broke into her house again and stole her, like killed her cat and stole its head and has now got it as a trophy. Mm. And Andy says, how come you didn't call the station? I don't think Andy expected the verbal blast <laughs> that Suki gave him. Mm. It was a dangerous question. Suki, Suki's just like, because I knew if I had talked to you about it, you would do the exact same fucking thing that you've been doing for the last six weeks or whatever, which is telling me that it's my fault, not investigating it, and then coming back here and eating your goddamn cheeseburger and fries. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, basically. That's the TLDR of it. Um, and then Amy comes in um, from outside and she sees that Suki is spraying Andy. Uh, and she comes up, she goes, oh, Detective Belfour, I'll take your your order. And Suki's like, no, this is my table. Piss off. She goes, yeah, but go have a break. It'll do you some good. And Suki just yeah. like, gets up and storms out. And then Andy ends up ordering the burgers and fries. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, Andy yeah. Andy joins Suki outside and they have quite an interesting conversation about um, uh, Arlene getting married. Yeah. And uh, Amy Amy is still sticking her nose in about Jason as well. Mm. It shits me so much. It's just like you do not know their relationship. It's not. It'd be like a boyfriend of six weeks telling you that you and your sister should be friends again when you've just had a massive fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She doesn't know. She doesn't know the relationship. She doesn't know that she's like, oh, you know, everything that happened like with your grandmother and then after the funeral. And Suki's like, how do you know that? And she's like, oh, business. yeah, exactly. And Amy's like, oh, he's so caught up about it and all this kind of shit. And it's like, he's not that caught up about it. He's being emotionally manipulated into believing that he is. And the thing is, like, why hasn't he spoken to Suki? Yeah, exactly. If he felt remorse for it and wanted to apologize, he would go to Suki. Or he would attempt to. Like, Suki doesn't want to talk to him. Exactly. And I've got a note here, and it's like, what strings is this woman trying to pull? She wants hot, dumb, and sexy. But why involve Suki? Because if... Does she want Suki? Maybe. <laughs> you know what? I, I mean, would watch that. I would watch that. I'll watch that. But Jason, Jason feels protective of Suki and she knows that they have a good relationship. Okay. Um, this is this is my theory about that anyway. Jason, she knows that Jason feels protective of Suki. If Suki doesn't like her... Bad. Bad. Because Jason will go to her for advice. She won't go to... He won't go to Amy. Mm. So if Amy can manipulate everybody in Jason's circle... Ah, I see. That keeps Jason under her thumb. I see where that's going. Um, yeah, so Jason <laughs> goes home, flips on his TV, and finds Nan Flanagan on the TV. I love Nan Flanagan so much. Um, I, can't, I, I don't know what she's talking about because he doesn't stay very long before he uh, hears Eddie downstairs, so he heads down there. He's talking, uh, she's talking about a spate of vampire attacks. And oh, that's vampires right. Vampires haven't retaliated, so who is really hunting who? Yeah, um, that's which again, right is kind of topical about the fact that Jason has a vampire in his basement. Yeah. yeah. Um, he goes down to speak to Eddie, who's in pain, because um, he's been sitting in the same spot, covered in silver. So he moves him, um, but hurts his back. Yeah, because he's he does it poorly. Old mate lives with his back and not his legs. He doesn't lift with the knees. No. Bad. Um, and, again, Eddie takes this opportunity to – converse with jason yeah he's trying to get 
and again, Jason is being manipulated by somebody. Eddie is manipulating Jason. Um, yeah. But instead of doing it to keep Jason under the thumb, Eddie is doing it for survival. He's doing it yeah, so he doesn't get he's tr- to Yeah, he doesn't want to die. He wants yeah, to be let free. <laughs> um, so Jason is talking about, um, oh no, they have a conversation later about why yeah. Eddie's so chunky as he is and all that kind of stuff. Yes, because at this point we're back to Tyra who finds $800 in an envelope being given to her by Sam. Yeah. Um, and she's like, what the hell is this? And he says, we'll talk after work. Yeah. Uh, if anybody wants me, I'm going to be in my office. He's really yeah. upset about something. Yeah. Um, and Tara, Tara looks kind of not upset about this. Again, she's had this gest- this grand gesture from somebody she's tried to push away, which is saying to her that she is lovable, but it's for an exorcism, which makes her unlovable. Yeah. So it's kind of like this... Um... Uh, what's the word like conflict for her yeah exactly where she's um, like okay I'm important enough for Sam to give me $800 but that's for me to get rid of a demon that makes yeah, me to make... hard to love yeah and $800 is no small amount of money that's a lot of money I so love money. $800 right now yeah same yeah. Um, I would, it would go really, really far for uh, bills and stuff like that. Oh. If anybody wants to sponsor the podcast, we Feel will free. accept any kind of spon- sponsorship as long as it's within our uh, morals and grounds and stuff like that. So hey, who also eight hundred dollars each. So that's yeah, fine. also that. maybe 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 more, but like eight hundred dollars minimum. <laughs> eight hundred dollars, sixteen hundred dollars minimum. Yeah, right. <laughs> excellent. Uh, I I love this scene because. <laughs> Eric and Pam rock up with Chow, who is their uh, new guy, Long Shadow's replacement. Yes. And we find out that Bill has been playing Wii Golf. <laughs> and so... I love that. I, I love the idea because Bill Bill has the, the Bill having the Wii is like this joke throughout the kind yeah. of movies. You see it in certain like scenes. And, it's and like, like oh, on his screen, on his TV and stuff. And yeah, it's and like, he's got this big projector that he's playing it on. And like <laughs> he hits the ball and it's going and then he hears the knock at the door and the Wii goes, it's a hole in one. And I'm like, fuck off. I, can't, I was like, oh, he's playing Wii. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he goes to answer the door and my response is, oh, look, if it isn't the consequences of his actions. But I don't think it's necessarily that at this point. Um, I'm trying to remember where so, he had to go for the book. Because he did disappear in the book and they left him with Elvis. They left Elvis looking after Sookie. Um, but I don't think um, that happens in... No, so in this in this part, they say that you need to come with us. Yeah. Um, you are going away for a little while. And Bill says, well, I need to go to the bar. I need to go to Malotz to say goodbye to Sookie. Yeah. Um, and the whole idea is that um, he's saying goodbye. He thinks he's going to die. He thinks he's in trouble for what he did and that yeah, he's he, going to be executed for it. Yeah, but he thinks that it's a life for a life. So, mm. um, Which is normal in vampire, vampire law. Yeah, it's normal in vampire do. society. Yeah. Um, or he would at least be punished. I think the Magister says that like they have no problems with silvering somebody and putting them in a coffin for 10 years while they slowly listen to themselves go crazy. Yeah. Uh, which is honestly the most horrifying thing I think I've ever deal with. I don't think I'd want that. No, all. thank you. Just stake me. I'll be fine. I'll be yeah. a puddle. It'll be okay. I'm all good. I don't have the next scene. I did. I, I so I said to Cat that I only watched like three quarters of this episode because this week's been really, really busy. Uh, and today I streamed. Um, also, 
this episode is being recorded right now. It's 20 past seven on Saturday night. It was supposed to go up yesterday. We're professionals. Wait, I got this. Don't worry. I had to take a lot of antihistamines this week. And so I was fucking knocked the fuck out. And I was just like, I'm going to be unconscious. <laughs> I made a decision today. I was like, all right, Kat's going to message me. We're going to record tonight. It's going to be fine. I'm going gonna, gonna to stream today. I'll watch like True Blood in between. And then you're like, oh yeah, it's like 5.30. I'm ready to go. And I'm like, oh, oh it is too. <laughs> Um, streaming for four and a half hours fuck this is uh this is where eddie and jason are are having a discussion and uh jason's back is a lot better um so he's rolling on a mattress yeah (laughs) he's just hanging out good idea he asks eddie about his life um yeah what did you do what were you what did you do how did you like what was your sex life like why are you so large yeah Uh, because like he's commented a couple of times on how heavy eddie is Yes. So he tells Jason that he used to be married and only uh, only recently realised that he is gay. So uh, Jason is sympathetic and tells him that he doesn't look that gay. Which is supposed to be a compliment. Yeah, I guess so. But he's also talking about, you know, um, Eddie says, you know, I I know that I don't look gay because we're meant to look like you. Yeah. Um, I feel feel sorry for Eddie because that's part of the reason why he enjoys the visits from Lafayette is because he finally gets to feel true to himself a little bit. Yeah. But he also Um, says that he saw once an unattractive gay vampire surrounded by pretty young things. And that made up his mind that he wanted to turn. There you go. So he could be surrounded by pretty vampires. (laughs) Pretty, pretty blood bags. Oh, pretty humans. (laughs) Yeah. And again, Jason is making the mistake of getting to know the victim because he's being manipulated by Eddie for survival. But the thing is that Jason also has a level of empathy at this point and that shows that he's not a complete and utter sociopath the same way that Amy is. Jason, every t- I feel like every time Jason sees Eddie, it questions that, should we have him here? Yeah, why are we keeping him? Yeah, exactly. He's And, like, Jason sort of goes through these... Um, moral moments yeah these these ethical and moral dilemmas Mm. where he's like pro-vampire anti-vampire pro-vampire anti-vampire it is whiplash yeah i think he's starting because he hasn't really gotten to know a vampire and this is his kind of first real connection that he's finding like he's feeling okay to ask questions and he's like okay well what about this and what about that and blah 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 and it's like jason is connecting with that human aspect of of a vampire like that they have lives and that they have these dreams and aspirations and they do doubt themselves and they do you know feel loneliness or being pathetic or yeah being being a vampire isn't all it's cracked up to be exactly it's definitely not everything that eric makes it out to be absolutely not (laughs) uh so bill chow eric and pam arrive at merlots and bill is telling um Sam, hey, I've got to go away. Can you watch over Sookie? Um, Sam's not happy that Bill asked him. Yeah, because they, again, had this whole alpha off when... Pissing um, contest again. Yeah. Um, And Bill's like, look, I know you will protect her because I know you have feelings for her, but, like, she's still mine, so if you just want to sit here and do my job, that'll be great. And I love that while this conversation's going on, that Eric and Pam are hanging out brochures for Fantasia. Yeah. They're like, drink like ladies' night and like that's, come that's and get a free we, drink. That's why we release on Friday nights. Well, normally is because it's Friday. Friday night is ladies' night. It's Fantasia, and that's why we do we do. It's like twelve a.m. EST when we yep. release. It. 
<laughs> just it's the little touches, people. The little what touches. We think about these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, and it's such a it's such a medium. <laughs> like Eric's there. I think he's in his. Doing some good PR. Again, he's in like he's he's in his singlet and with his arms and like, and, like jeans, high waisted jeans. He looks banging, except for the wig. Um, <laughs> and he's like handing out brochures, and Pam is dead panning, going. Friday night is ladies' night. Come hang out at Vantasia. It's like everybody's dying to get in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Billy's telling Sookie, I've got to go stand trial. And I did for you, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and so she apologizes for their fight. And um, no, sorry, I skipped ahead. Sookie's upset. She's crying. She kisses him goodbye. And Eric's like, come on, fucking hurry up. And at that point, Eric is also announcing that vampires know when a human has wronged them. And the look on Amy's fucking face. Yup. She's, and it's not necessarily because he knows that she has kidnapped him. She's pointing out to the rednecks um, who torched down the bar. Yeah. That's what that's about. Yeah. Um, but yeah torched down Amy, the vampire nest. Yeah, torched down the vampire nest, sorry. Yeah. Um, but the look on Amy's face. She shut her pants. It's like Eric looked her in the eye. And was like, it was you. Bitch. I know what Bitch. you're up to. Mm. Um, she kind of deserves it. Uh, Tara sees this whole thing go on and um, she is, she approaches Sookie and um, they're apologising to one another for everything that happened. And Suki says, um, I can't even remember what I'm supposed to be mad about. And they reconcile. And, I mean, like, they haven't spoken for a couple of episodes at this point. Yeah, like, it's been a the, while. The last the last time that they didn't speak last episode, um, and it was because that... Oh, Suki was feeling like Bill had died. Tara came in and was like, hey, my mum's all better. And Suki's like, would you go fuck yourselves? Yeah, and so that was episode uh, five, I think. No, 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 it, was last episode, it was last episode. Was it was a fourth, fourth man on fire. Oh, it was too. Wow. I feel like, it, yeah. In this timeline, it has been a couple of days. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we're back at Jason's basement with Jason and Eddie, and he's talking about the death of his parents and how he felt losing his parents. And Eddie's listening to him. And, yeah. you know, he's like, I feel really bad that you didn't grow up without a positive male influence because look at you now, basically. Like, yeah, or like Eddie, even just a positive parental i mean like he had his grandmother but that's that is so different like i was raised by my grandmother and it's so different to having like a A maternal yeah like i had my dad but i saw him on on weekends and um obviously okay 90s in australian system was really fucked up and the dad never wanted kids in custody no matter what there is a a really interesting um lawsuit a thing in the family court now that the family court's dissolved but um (laughs) That was, what's it called? Um, hang on. There's a, it's only just been resolved in um, uh, in the last 12, 18 months, I think it was. Um, I'm going to, just, that was Bailey Sarian because I'm trying to find an episode she did on it. Um, <laughs> oh, what is it called? Hang on, Bailey... Marianne, Australia. Uh, it is this one. One second. Hi. Stop. I muted <laughs> you. Um, Andrea and Leonard, uh, Leonard Warwick. Okay. 
Um, and it's about how Leonard Warwick has recently applied for bail um, and was denied, but he ended up killing a um, – he bombed um, – he bombed a magistrate. He bombed. Um, he's responsible for the murders of three people and court-related bombings. Yeah, because he wanted custody of his kids, so he took revenge on those who uh, did not give him custody. Yeah, it was it. his Sorry, lawyer, um, his wife's lawyer, and the magistrate. <laughs> yeah, and it's suspected that he also killed his wife's brother or something like that. Oh my that. god, he's um, not going to get bail. Is he crazy? He's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so sorry, you just had to listen to me try and find that on YouTube. Oh, that no, that's was, fine. That but yes, um, family court very interesting in Australia. Uh, yeah. Now that it, I know it no longer no, no longer exists. Thank you, Liberal Party. Um. Anyway, let's just let's just fucking clog up the entire public system with cases that deserve a family court and yeah, privacy. Absolutely. Yeah, basically. But, you know. Because they don't get that in public court in uh, civil and uh, criminal cases. In family court, they were protected and anonymous. Now they are no longer. That's all been taken away from them. Uh, Yeah. So I have a really big issue with that coming from uh, domestic violence homes and homes where uh, domestic violence partners have found my mum easily. (laughs) Life, huh? Life. Life is great. Another therapy podcast for us this week. COVID, COVID has... COVID's just fucked COVID's me. COVID's doing things. COVID doing is it. doing things. Um, <laughs> so uh, Eddie is talking about how his um, son, who is no longer alive, um, he, he tried to be the best positive role model for his son um, mm-hmm. until he turned... Uh, and Jason worries that Eddie might clamour him, but Eddie says he hasn't learned how to do that yet. Because nobody taught him how to do that. He was basically made and dumped. Yeah, which is um, really sad. Yeah, so he hasn't learned any of those um, vampire tricks, basically. Yeah, like defence skills. <laughs> yeah, and I think Jason, again, like talking about therapy, Jason's having this therapy session with Eddie and he's like unveiling these emotions and these vulnerabilities. Mm. Um, and Eddie's a hundred percent going to take advantage of those. Uh, yes. Um, so, uh, he asks Jason if he's going to marry Amy and, um, Jason says, yeah, she might be the one. And he says, no, don't do that. She's a psychopath. And this is where, Je- and this is where Jason <laughs> kind of goes, hang on. What? What, what does but that he mean? Really, he reacts really negatively towards it because he's like, you don't know her. Like I yeah. know her. And all this kind of stuff. And he's like, no, she's manipulating you, you dumb shit. <laughs> you idiot. And I kind of like that Eddie's manipulating him by telling the truth. Yeah, it's the 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 harsh light of reality. Yeah. And I mean, like, um, you can use that to manipulate people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jason, Jason doesn't want to see that Amy is like the rest of the people in his life who have manipulated him and abandoned him and things like that. So he's trying to see the best in her, which yeah. is why he's kind of just glossed over the fact that they kidnapped a human together. A vampire. Not my top, not vampire, yeah. A not person. Top, a, a person. person. <laughs> a person. Uh, not my top ten um, dates ideas, to be no. perfectly honest. I don't think I'd want to do that on a date. No. Um, but, you know, I don't know how it goes with drug addicts in Louisiana. I guess that's it. Mm. Um, so Tara is trying to return the $800 to Sam, but he won't take it. And he says that he, um, 
He says he didn't eat. He says people didn't even know that vampires existed two years ago, and exorcism exorcism isn't the craziest thing that's out there. He's got a point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if the vampires exist, exorcisms could work. Who knows? And especially, like, as we go into the rest of this, uh, like, into the rest of the season, into the beginning of the next episode, into the beginning of the next season, vampires are definitely not the weirdest things that exist out there. They're not the things that go bump in the night. No, they're not. It's actually at the end of this episode that you find out (laughs) that uh, things aren't all... We get why Sam knows that there's other shit going on other, out there. Other things that go bump in the night. Yeah. Well, not necessarily bump, but that there's other other mystical forces working out there. Um, so Tara ends up thanking him and kisses him, which Suki witnesses. I uh, think she gets really upset about this for no reason. I, I know. Really I know. It's not like she was ever interested in Sam. I feel like it's very much the I don't want him, nobody else can have him, he needs to pine after me forever. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing, that she's like, oh, fuck, he's not interested in me anymore. Yeah, Um, and I wonder if it's got something to do, it's probably got a little bit to do with, like, the betrayal of, like, Tara not telling her as well. Yeah, I understand that. When Tara has gone to tell Suki things, all Suki has done is fly off the handle. Why would Tara tell her about this maybe relationship she's having with somebody. Exactly. Um, so she leaves, tells Amy to cover the rest of the shift. Um, and Amy basically says, do you think it's a good idea to go home alone? And so he says, I'm not going home because I'm going to stay at Bell's because no one will look for me there. Yeah. Um, Sam comes out and says to Amy, where did Sookie go? Because Sam's meant to be watching her for Bill. Yeah. And yeah. making sure when that she gets home safe. Or to, even he's... to their car safe. When he's not macking on Tara. Yes. Um, so when Amy tells Suki, has tells Sam that Suki has left, he goes outside, um, but he's stopped by Andy Bell floor in the parking lot. Who he basically suspicious about his nudist lifestyle. He says, um, uh, I, you know, I called the, the naturalist uh, colony that you apparently came from. You need to come down the station and have a chat. I'm sorry, why does he need to come and have a chat at the station about him running naked through the woods? There's, What's it got to do with anything? It's the suspicious behaviour, because there are suspicious individuals. But, I mean, it's not really that sus running through the woods naked. I mean, it is a bit, but it's got nothing to do with anything that's going on. No, Andy's trying to make connections that aren't fucking there, and it just makes me think, you're a fucking idiot. I mean, he is. Yes. Um, but he's, like, he's, I'm so sick of the bumbling police officer stereotype, and Andy is, just holds that up. The thing is, though, Andy is the dumbest smart person. He's so <laughs> close to figuring it out, and especially into next season. He knows exactly what's up. Yeah. Nobody believes him. He's got that dumb smart person thing about him. And, I and he's like, that. the mark is like here. And he's just like, yeah, almost. He's doing, he's doing almost. circles about it. It circles around it, not sitting on it. Yeah. Um, so Sam's like, oh, I left um, something in the bar. I'll yeah. be right I, back out. I, I forgot that I was mopping the dog. I just got to go. And then uh, like seconds later, uh, a dog runs out past Andy. Uh, pretty collie. Yeah, I love I love the dog that they have in the in the series. Um, so Sookie's driving home. She's checking her mirrors, like super paranoid, and she eventually arrives at Bill's front door. She um, races up those front steps. I don't know why she's in such a weird hurry. 
I think it's just that she knows somebody's out to get her. She doesn't have Bill to protect her because she doesn't know that Bill told Sam to protect her. And now, you know, if she could be in a panic and Bill's not going to rescue her. So while she's going to Bill's house to feel a little bit more protected. She wants to get there as quick as possible, undetected. (laughs) And like, I know, I guarantee you have felt this, but that just unease when you're walking alone somewhere dark. Yeah. Um, I actually bought a cat key ring. Nice. That you can poke through the eyes. Not that I ever intend on using it. It was but it's honestly, nice to have it. It's nice to have. Mm. Um, for the same reason that we get told as kids to walk with our car keys through our hands. Yeah. I still do that. And I'm just yeah. like, uh, I would talk too much and they'd send me home. Um. <laughs> See, somebody would be like, no, you need to pay her to take us. You need to pay us to take um, her back. Yeah. Like... <laughs> So it's a reverse negotiation. They will li- like they will call my parents and be like, "We will give you ten grand to take her back." <laughs> Meanwhile, we're sitting there talking about True Blood, being like, "Well, did you actually not?" And do you want to know a fun fact? Fun facts with cat. They'd be like, "Fucking get out of my van!" <laughs> Come on, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there talking about why the Australian games industry is worth investing, and I'm like, hand out there's powerpoints, and they're like, "Would you shut up?" No, I'm you get like, out your like phone, and you're like, "I've actually this is I've got a presentation for you." Yeah, there's a whole presentation. I can, if we actually, stop at an office, if we stop at an office box, I'll print out flyers. Do you want? Um, do you want me to print it out so you can take it? They're notes? interactive. There's like coloring in and everything. And they're just like, would you, they just boot me out. Oh my god, get out! <laughs> <laughs> Mine would just be like, do you want to know like some cool things about cats and dogs? They'd be like, oh. you no, you'd get released because you'd freak out your kidnappers with all of your horror movie knowledge. Oh, I'd, I'd be like, like, you guys want to know about horror movies? What's your favorite scary movie? And they'd be like, be like, oh my god, is she the killer? Did you? Did she just say that? You'd be like, hey, so. You know about how like people get murdered. This is how they get murdered. This is how people like dispose of their bodies, and this is what happens. And blah 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 blah. They'd be like, like, "She's a serial killer. Get her out of the car." Yeah, exactly. You would reverse psychology the kidnappers. I'd be so good at it. You would. Thanks. Gas up your friends with their ability to overwhelm their kidnappers with useless knowledge. (laughs) I am the queen of shinfo. Yeah, I like to think I am. Anyway, anyway. Um. So the dog arrives at the door. And Suki lets him in, and um, I love I that. I can't remember what she calls him. Dean. Dean. That's right. She calls him Dean. I was like, that's a fucking dumbest name. But in the book, um, she is in her. She's not in Bill's room. She's actually in her own room. She's in her grandmother's room at this point in the book, and um, she doesn't go to. She doesn't go to Bill's house. No, she's at her own house, mm, and um, they actually leave her with a vampire named Bubba who is actually Elvis, but nobody calls him that because apparently he has he gets really angry because something happened to him when he was turned into a vampire and his brain didn't fully go over to the vampire side. So he has, like, some brain damage and stuff. I love vampire Elvis. It's really good. Uh, he's fantastic because there's a scene where um, Renee and Arlene actually come over to the house and they're like, is that? And so he's like, yeah, but don't say anything. <laughs> and Arlene like gushes over here. It's a really funny scene in the, in the I book. Love, I love the idea that Elvis didn't return to his home planet. He's actually just a brain damaged vampire. Named He's just a brain damaged vampire. Yeah. He's a brain damaged vampire named Bubba living in Louisiana. But he eats like rodents. And so at this point in the book, Tina is also still alive. Oh no. And they're like, just be careful. Don't let Tina out because Bubba might eat her. Oh, because he doesn't, yeah, he, they, brain damage. <laughs> it's the brain damage. He loves to hunt 
squirrels. Um, <laughs> so um, Suki is, she's like, I'm going to call you Dean. But in the book, she's going through like different names and he's like growling at, in like distaste for the name. Oh, really? And then he's I okay with that. Dean. <laughs> I love that. My friends have a cat named Paul. I, I love that. That's amazing. So I can deal with a cat. I can deal with a dog named Dean. Yeah. Dean the dog. Dean, Dean the dog. That's what she's like. Dean the dog. Dean and the dog. So, she, so gets, she invites Dean up onto the bed. And she's like, you can sleep on the end of the bed. Um, uh, Jason goes home and he's got some beer and he also has some true blood, which he gives to Eddie. Yes, because he's thought, nothing if not a good kidnapper. A nice kidnapper. I can't keep him nourished, right? Yeah, right. Um, in the middle of the night, Suki wakes up thinking that Dean is asleep on her feet. However, she sits up to see some, the something on her feet is not Dean, but a naked Sam. Sam Malot is a dog. He's a shapeshifter, everybody. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's actually, he's, he's, he's a dog in the fact that he's actually just a scummy human being, but he's also a dog because he's he can also a dog. Um, because yeah. uh, in, the, in the books, they go so much deeper into the lore of the shapeshifting stuff. And I really like that aspect, but I hate that they don't, they just kind of skim over it in this, except when they bring Sam's ex-girlfriend back, who's also a shapeshifter. No, so it's not Sam's okay. ex-girlfriend who's a shifter in this, it's his new girlfriend. So he finds Oh, okay. Okay, no, okay. No, uh, right. Yeah, they, they find a community of shapeshifters. Yeah, yeah, and then they go more into the lore of shapeshifting and like... Because she's a panther. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. No, that's not, that's not her. That's an entirely different thing. Oh, I, oh my god! There okay. are so many different words, um, but yeah. So yeah. the the community of shifters go into like skinwalkers and stuff like that. Yeah, which is really cool because um, maybe we could do an episode talking about skinwalkers and skinwalker totally ranch could. and stuff. That'd be cool. I think that sounds like a good idea. I love. But yeah. Ah, so good. the the end of that episode is uh, them both screaming, freaking out. <laughs> Sam is naked on the end of a bed, and, and him freaking happened. out because he's woken up. And then realize yeah, he that he's so peaceful. Yeah. And then he's like, ah! and she's like, ah, and it's like, well, one of you is entitled to make this reaction. And it's not the one that you think it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's freaking out because he's like, oh, fuck, I fell asleep and turned back into a human. I'm also butt naked on the And I'm also naked and you can see my dong. I don't think he's that worried about considering how many it's times he's just dog. like, I need to take off my clothes and turn into this thing. And he's just like, it's so like, weird that they have to take their clothes off. Like, you'd think by now they would have evolved into a way where they can do clothes and be a shapeshifter. I think it's because when they turn into an animal, they, like, would get trapped in their clothes. Like, out, like Sam turns into an owl at one stage and he has to take off his shirt, his shirt and his pants because I feel like if he was an owl in clothes, then he would just get muffled by the clothes. But also, <laughs> imagine how cute that would be with, like, some big shoes. And he's an owl yeah. with some big shoes on. And, he's and like, like the big belt buckle and like the owl yeah. just pops its head through the shirt. Yeah. It's very cute. Um, <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, as always, what did you think of this episode? I really like this episode because I know that the next few episodes are really fucking fun and there's a massive twist that mm-hmm. I hope you are all so excited for. Um, I love the twist. Oh, the because twist in the book. I'm like, yes. I love what comes of it. Um, yeah. I like. I prefer this episode over episode eight. Again, it feels kind of like filler, but I like that this evolves more Amy. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she really shines in this episode. It's very much establishing her and the the lore and the community. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I I just 
there's just some really nice growth in this episode. Yeah, like even Jason has like a little bit of growth going on. Yeah, just like a little bit. Like he's 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 looking at personal growth and he's wondering what it's like and he's gonna go touch it, maybe. But mm, he's like, again. do I do I like the idea of growth? Do I mean do it? I, do I, do I like the idea of growing as a person or do I just want to be a scumbag for the rest of my life? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I agree with you. This episode yeah. is like the lead into the next couple of episodes. Oh, I so love good. I love the uh, season finale for this season as well. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. But we can't talk about that until talk about yep. that until it happens. I know. So you have to um, hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We've got to be on the edge of your coffins. Um. <sighs> Oh, she's clever. She's more than a pretty face. Um, so we're going to plug some stuff here. So we do have a Discord. Yes, um, we do. Which is available on Twitter. Um, it's not super active at the moment, but it's just because we don't have a bunch of people. So come keep us out. Come keep us company. We love come hang it. out. Yeah. Um, Kat has a very big milestone in her lovely little horror podcast. Yes, I hit 50 episodes yesterday. I, I'm super excited. I have, a, uh, I have undiagnosed ADHD. I mean, it's in the pipeline. COVID. I don't want to be going into hospitals and stuff right now. Um, so uh, I have an issue with my hyperfixations where I just, just stop enjoying things. <laughs> so if this podcast drops off, it's, it's just because, because of me. Lost... Yeah, no, it's, it's the pair of us who have just gone, okay, I'm no longer, this is no longer a fun toy to play with. I don't like um, Dribbot anymore. <laughs> no, I don't like it. But that's just because it's shit. It's just terrible writing. It's actually not the hyperfixation dropping off, it's because of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, congratulations on Thank that. I'm very you. proud of you. Thanks. How are things going with the book? Really good. Um, we, I've got two final essays in. I'm uh, getting drafts in as they are evolving. Um, helping people hone their writing skills is a lot harder than I thought it would be, but I'm enjoying mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I forget that uh, as a writer, it's um, not everybody is a writer. No, and it's very hard to put your thoughts into words if you're not a writer and you don't have that thought path. Yeah, I actually hand my essay over to one of my other editors and she was like, it's really great. Uh, can you do this, this and this? And I'm just like, uh, no, I'm Rejection. like, Rejection. it's just paralysis where I'm just mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't even know what to put in there. Mm-hmm. She's like, what about an anecdote here? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. But what the fuck do I write? What anecdote? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I have so many. Yeah, it's because like, uh, me as a writer, when I put something together, I'm just like, yeah, cool, this is it, done. Yeah, basically, I don't believe in first drafts. It's either final or, do- <laughs> final or nothing. Life or death. Don't worry about um, it. <laughs> I have been streaming over on Twitch a whole lot lately, yeah. so twitch.tv forward slash gamer underscore raid, R-A-D-E. What have you been playing? Um, I finished Mass Effect 2 today. Oh, how do you feel? I, so I love Mass Effect 2. I call it the Garrus Dating Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, and we're now starting Mass Effect 3. So this is the oh, first amazing. time I've actually played Mass Effect from start to finish from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 3 because I've never, yeah. I didn't, I hadn't played Mass Effect 1 before this playthrough. How how's your heart and soul doing? Um, so I got the email from Caden in Mass Effect 2 where he's like, <laughs> Shepard, I saw you on Horizon. I didn't realise how I felt about you. And my friend Amy, who I've mentioned on this podcast a million times, was like, oh, do you know there's an actor, the, the, the voice actor actually reads that letter? And I watched it on um, on Twitch. I was like streaming, and I'm like, "Do I like this character now? Do I? <laughs> do I is this where I want to go? Because I romanced him in Mass Effect One. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. And then you can't do it in Mass Effect Two because no. he didn't join you. So I had romanced Garrus, who. <laughs> 
honestly is my favorite. Like he, I would, I would live or die by that man. Um, just for his like super awkward, like, um, I like you. If you were a Tyrion, I'd be commenting on your feathers and your uh, hips. So your waist looks very supportive. And I'm like, oh my, oh, gross. <laughs> still, but still myself. Um, and so, like today, we sort of shut. Uh, we should have shut Caden down a little bit. We went and um, romance Garrus a little bit more. And he's like, oh, now that I'm like the Reaper um, liaison for the Tyrians, I can now afford the good stuff. And he pulls out the bottle of wine. And I'm like, Garrus, I love you so much. You sweetheart. He's so, he's just like, it's that weird combination of like cocky, but like awkward. And I just want to hug him. And weird. And yeah. I like weird. <laughs> Amy, Amy goes today, she's like, I don't know what Bioware were thinking, but they definitely made the Turians the hottest of the aliens. <laughs> I love I'm like, Bioware. I don't... Yeah, we were like looking we were looking at the, the new um like the new commander for the Turians and Amy's like, Man, he's hot and I'm like, I don't know why he's hot, but he's hot. I don't know and then we remember he's a Garrus and I'm like, why is he so hot? What is this? Stop it. Stop it. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. Um, I'm going to I'm going to try and stream uh, a little bit more this week and through the next couple of weeks nice. uh, so that people have something to look forward to, even if it is just me making shit posts. I'm thinking about playing Elder Scrolls again. Um, maybe yeah, Witcher. putting it down and picking it up. I really want to play Dragon Age Inquisition again, so I might Do play it. that. I fucking love uh, that game so much. Herald of Mustache Rides over here. If I'm playing, <laughs> if I'm playing, if I'm playing a male character, it is a hundred percent. Dorian the Romance. Oh. Are we going to start a video game podcast? I think so. A, uh, uh, just a husbando podcast. <laughs> husbando <laughs> podcast. This week on Men I Would Let Step On Me. <laughs> Look, we've got, I've, we've got so many podcasts. We're going to be busy for the next couple of years. We've got COVID lockdown. It's fine. Um, if you want to actually time. hear about the Husbando podcast, let us know. If if you want us to do a podcast of people we would date in video games, I would a hundred percent do that podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm playing Persona Five at the moment, so. Oh mate, I've been okay. We need to wrap this up. Yeah. Anyway, to the podcast. Um, <laughs> if you're interested in the rest of our video game podcast let us know, let us know. Really do one. we both play a lot of video games so. we both play a lot of video games we have been at some stage involved in the industry or involved oh in the I, industry, I still so. am <laughs> um so we've got we're we're professionals we're we, professional we are we are professional game doers we, we play we, we yeah and like just don't ask me my kd my my kd on apex okay nobody wants to oh don't even i haven't played apex in ever <laughs> because i don't want a kdr <laughs> That I can be ashamed of. Oh, mate. <laughs> I played last night and I got absolutely mid, so I was like, all right, no, 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 Bye-bye. Oh, God. Anyway, so, yeah, that's us for this week. Please join us on Twitter at Club Dead Pod. Um, you'll find links to our podcast uh, Discord there. Um, until next week with episode 10, we're getting into the nitty-gritty because we've only got three more episodes left until the end of season one. Fuck. Farewell. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, Fita said, I never know how to end the podcast. Me neither. Let's. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>